This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Greetings, salutations, hello, and welcome back to the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things. That's right. Six Rings, your favorite Patriots podcast, has returned triumphantly with another action-packed episode. Starring your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens on the mic, producer extraordinaire Chris Shime Time. Shime from the Greg Hill Morning Show. And, of course, the one, the only, Andy Jumbo Hart. Gentlemen, how are we today? Hi, Fitzy. What's up, Andy? Tremendous. What's up, boys? There we go. Look at that energy. If we could just plug that into the Patriots <laughs> season, four and 14 is a dream come Woo! true. How Light about that? Come on, guys. This is six rings. Come on. We're not. You're right. I'm ready. It's we're a no, Friday episode. We're, no, we're slouching. Come loaded. on. All right. It's a, guys, this is the Memorial Day weekend episode. This is mm. the unofficial summer kickoff episode. So I, I am need like, big I summer am like vibes. I'm 36 hours away from absolutely slugging down hot dogs so i am excited <laughs> can one slug down a hot dog uh yes i can show you oh and have you ever watched the hot dog eating contest thank they you andy do more i feel like that's more of a like a word that we used to use when we were kids uh you know remember like oh man i can't wait to mow on that sandwich like that's one oh, of those yeah. things that like you know like that I, yeah mow on like i i don't think i've said that on purpose in 30 years at the same nope. time hmm. when i see joey chestnut Kobayashi at all doing their thing every July 4th. I think two things. One, think of the rest of the world. And B, that's some serious mowing going on right there. Damn right. Uh, hot, right. Dog, hot dog, the official food of the summer. So there we go. That's there right. you go. And hot dog, not a sandwich. Still to this nope. day. We're not just Tuka Rask. All right, guys, on today's episode, we'll talk a little bit more about Mac Jones, league-wide rankings and perceptions of McCorkle in Season 2. Could the Patriots be undergoing a bit of a scheme change as far as the power run game goes? Also, why people keep piling on Bill Belichick and, of course, viewer mail, Patriots potpourri, random thoughts, and how much more annoying can Tom Brady and his social media get? Gentlemen, we begin today with our first thought, of course, the opening Segment and salvo here on Six Rings Pod. Thank you guys for following at Six Rings Pod, of course, on the socials. Mac Jones recently was rated by Piffin, not Piff, Pro Football Focus, but the Pro Football Network as the 18th best quarterback in the NFL. Now, I think we can all agree that if the New England Patriots are to come within a sniff or whiff of the postseason competitive relevance or anything resembling uh, the higher end of predictions for the 2022 season, they're probably going to need an effort better than 18th best overall. A lot of people keep piling on the weapons, saying that the supporting cast isn't good enough. Yet at the same time, we've heard from within the walls of one formerly Tom Brady place that they're ecstatic with the development of Mac Jones, who we were all reasonably impressed with the body structure, uh, the offseason work with Tom House, and his attitude at OTAs the other day. So I'll open it up with you, Andy, first. Do you believe 18th overall out of 32 starting quarterbacks is a fair ranking for Mac Jones in 2022? Coming off his rookie season in 2021, I do think it's fair. But I would also agree with you, if the Patriots are going to be hopeful of organizational progression, 
he needs to progress at a rate that puts him higher on the list. I don't think you can have the 18th best quarterback, Mac Jones, and say we're going to contend in the AFC. We're going to be a playoff team. Obviously, you know, seven and seven is 14. If you just go by quarterback play and playoff spots, you'd probably want to be in the top 14. And just for some um, clarity, I want I want to go through some of the aspects of the list a little bit. Sort of the the comps, the neighborhood he's mm-hmm. in. For love example, me a good, I love a good comp. So just ahead of him, number 17, would be another former Alabama quarterback, Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. Shine, reaction time? Uh, So my initial reaction when you told me Mac Jones was 18 and you're going to be shocked by this, I thought it was a smidge low. Hmm. Right off the top of my head, I would have had him at 16. Uh, I would have him him over Jalen Hurts. Okay. Because that's all legs, and I think we can all agree that his supporting – Mac is a hell of a lot better passer than Jalen Hurts is. That's all legs. Yeah, pure passer, sure. Yes. I agree. I think, like it back in the 30s, all legs. I, yeah. I, I think, though, Jalen Hurts, like this is kind of the uh, bleeper get off the pot year for Jalen Hurts. The 100%. Eagles have done a really good job of surrounding him with talent. So if he's the guy, this year you'll know. But at, going into this season, I would have Mac over Jalen Hurts. Okay, so and let me I give be, you another I bet you love – I'm sorry, Andy, but Shime, I bet you love what the Eagles have done I love in this it. blanker get off the pot year for Jalen Hurts. 100% agree. And you yep. probably wish the Patriots took a bit Did more something of an Eagles-like approach. Did something even halfway similar. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. please. Gotcha. So, Shime, gotcha. you said number 16. Yep. The PFN sp- uh, list in that spot has a guy that I know you're very passionate about or have been passionate about in the past. Tennessee Titans no. starting quarterback no. Ryan Tannehill. So I think I think those two are about on an even plane. Like I think they're right in they're in the same tier, right? I think it's very hard to just number rank quarterbacks in the NFL because I think a lot of guys are similar and they slot in similar tiers. And so I think Tannehill and Mack would be in the same tier. Okay, okay, but if you had to choose right now between one or the other. I would, if I had to Sophie's choice, it I would take Mac Jones over Tannehill. I don't think Mac Jones has it within him to have a game as franchise bustingly bad as Tannehill was against the Bengals back in June. I'm sorry, that's like Jake Delhomme literally broke himself and was never the same guy after he had a comparably horrific performance against Arizona in the playoffs. Like, sure, but at the same time, like Ryan Tannehill has won games. He's beaten really good teams. Like, I. I think I would probably take gun to my head. I'm taking Ryan Tannehill. Um, but I, I, again, as Andy pointed out, I've also been higher on Tannehill than most for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree. Fitz, like he's prone to a lot of mistakes. I also think he brings some things like a, a certain toughness that Mac Jones doesn't necessarily bring. Okay. Well, the meat has been eaten. The mead is rotten and the village has been burned. The Tannesons is over. Bad news. <laughs> so just behind Mac Jones, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston. Of your New Orleans Saints, Jabu. Yeah, he, he, I don't. He mm. seems high to me. That seems mm. high. You mean I, his game or his eyes? Like I see, I knew. I bah, man. Everyone, collect your money. Twenty twenty was coming. Twenty twenty vision, Jameis. Now, all right, Andy. Uh, yeah, that's right. He got his LASIK. He's doing his little whatever those things are where he hops around and moves. And oh, oh. Let's just be honest. Like top five. Top five social media game in terms of pure entertainment. There is nothing like watching a Jameis Winston workout video. Oh, hundred I mean, percent agree. I mean, they are they. I mean, like, I can't love those enough. The strange dead-eyed stare, holding the ball, the fast feet as people throw random things at him or swat at him with bizarre objects. I'm here for all that. As far as him as a starting quarterback, again, great job. They're surrounding first-year coach, former defensive coordinator Dennis Allen in New Orleans with a nice supporting, get, getting Michael Thomas back, 
uh, drafting Chris Olave, signing Jarvis Landry. Like that's going to be a, that's a nice room, but I'd still take Mac Jones over Jarvis Land. Uh, excuse me, Jabu, and I would do it by more than a slot, Andy. So I'm trying to do the math in my head. Where do they have Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, they have at number 14. Really? Yes. So I could, because I'm, I did out my list of 15. Matt Ryan, I did not have over Mac Jones. I would rather have Mac Jones than Matt Ryan. Okay. Um, but I, so I, I don't understand. Can you, can you read me? Like, I, I probably know the top 10, but can okay, you read me like 10 to quick. Yeah. I'll go through it quick. Doesn't take long. Cause I don't Patrick think this is Mahomes, making sense to me. Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, mm-hmm. yep. Justin Herbert. Never yep. heard of him. Joe Burrow. Yep. Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. Yep. Matthew Stafford. Yep. Deshaun Watson. Yep. Russell Wilson. That's yep. low for Watson. Kyler Murray. Yep. Derek yeah. Carr. Matt yep. Ryan. Yep. Kurt Cousins. Ryan yep. Tannehill. Jalen Hurts. Mac Jones. Jameis Winston. Jimmy Garoppolo. Baker Mayfield. And now we start to get to the others. I see. I okay. So I would probably bump Mac Can up I not to count? like fourteen or fifteen. I I, I bet I, you, you can't. Yeah, I, I promised you there'd be no math in the podcast, Shine. But at the same, well, then maybe time, the he's maybe he's fifteen because it, it, for me, not sixteen. So even even up another spot what because like, I don't have him over Matt Ryan. I don't have him over Jameis. I don't know. I, it's, it's, I don't know. The numbers well, seem off. First of me. all, I don't know. I'll slot him right. I'll slot him right in front of Kirk Cousins. So I'll we go know these are stupid rankings because listening to Jason Tatum this week talk about all NBA and all those things and how there's no criteria and there really should be some sort of criteria and he feels for the voters like how can the guy who's second in MVP voting be second team all NBA like he's the second best player but he's not in the top five like that whole crap I mean that's the same thing though with like what's what what's what's record of the year what's the best picture it's all no, completely I know subjective. but at least yeah. record of the year is very simple it's of the year when you're ranking quarterbacks, are you ranking them based on what they did five years ago, which maybe they're still capable of, or what you think they can do three years from now, or are you downgrading them because you believe they'll actually be out of football in two or three years? Or even on a more simple basis, are you grading them off the, what they did last year in 2021, or are you grading them off right. what you think they're going to do in 2022? So that's why I think there's so many vagaries, because I'm sorry, Matt Ryan's an NFL MVP. Yeah, Mac Jones has never sniffed the jock of an NFL MVP. Like, I agree. I 100% so agree when you're comparing the careers. Criteria. Yeah, the criteria but like if you're going into 22, I, I probably want Mac, Mac Jones, a young quarterback who does basically all of the things Matt Ryan does as Matt Ryan is literally like falling apart. Right. And I would say the same thing for Tannehill. He's 30-something years old. I think he's peaked his best footballs behind him, and I didn't even really love his best football. So I would roll the dice on the 22-year-old who – Maybe he's middling, or maybe I get better, but at least I have five years to develop him, figure him out. Like, it all depends on what criteria you're using here. And I actually think Mac, as a middle of the NFL quarterback, forget like, oh, he's 16, he's 18, he's not like. Right. He's 14, he's 19. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. in the middle. That's yeah, where no, he is. That's, yep. that's, it is, it is it, it, he can't come within a. He can't come within a, you know, a, a Justin Herbert to Mike Williams laser of. Uh, cracking the top 10. He's no. not going to get anywhere. As no. a matter nope, of fact, not even close. I'm still, I, I think it's got to be recency bias or like a fear of rust or something that leads them to put Deshaun Watson at 10 because when that guy's on his game, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Correct. He is freakishly better good. than Justin, be, better than Joe Burrow. I mean, it's not, that's not even a question. I think there might be a question moving forward, but we'll see. We'll see. But he's in that conversation of that. That's why I like when, you know, a lot of the Lombardis, I think, of the world do these 
blue chip, non-blue chip. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to rank them, but I'm going to give you the group of blue chips, then the second tier, the third tier, whatever you want to do. Um, and I think Mac is Mac is in the third tier to me. Like, he can't sniff blue chips right now, and I don't think he's in that whatever you want to call that after blue chips group. He's in that next group, and you can be positive about him. Like, I saw, you know, like, he's – the, the stomach thing. Okay. So he's working hard and he's, you know, his arm might be better. And, you know, I know, you know, uh, Giardi tweeted something about mobility and, and that idea that maybe he's more athletic than people give him credit for. Well, Giardi's tweet was based around what an, what an AFC either executive or scout or a coordinator. I think a defensive coach. Yeah. Yeah. I think a defensive coach. coach. Dude, you're, you, dude, you're sniffing glue chips. If you don't think that he's in the tier below blue chips, he's not in the third tier yeah, of I quarterbacks. Don't. I don't because I think blue chip you, you can't have a you can't say 10 guys are blue chip in the NFL in my why, opinion. I, I, why not? Because I don't it's think a, you can. It's a it's a free world. I can say what I want. At least Lamar Jackson be, blue chip. Yes, because I think he's really yes. good. I don't think he's blue chip. I don't think Lamar Jackson oh, can hold Josh wow. Allen's job. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I think Josh Allen is I marketed okay, so better different groups. Yeah, you just I think jo- I think Josh Allen so, is I, the no, best I think I think I, I think there's even a bit I think there's even a more distinction. Like I think Lamar Jackson is a blue chip player. Like the guy was an NFL MVP. Like so Matt a, like, Ryan's a blue chip player. Not he was when he was an MVP. Right now he's not. He's over a decade older. Yeah, this See, I don't there's think there's either of those guys is a blue chipper and they're MVPs. So that's my well, point. Yeah, Matt, Ryan, Matt, Ryan, had, Matt Ryan was an MVP six years ago. Like Lamar okay. Jackson was an MVP, what, two? Like there's there's a big difference there. See, but me for me, if I add in the fact that Lamar Jackson, what is he as a passer? No shot in hell, he's a blue chipper. I'm sorry, he is. He does so. Josh much Allen more can run way. as well as hey, him. Listen. closely, different style, hey. and can throw the ball. I, Andy, don't get me wrong. I have I have Josh Allen as the best quarterback in football. Like same, I am same. with you. I am with you. I understand. So but in Lamar's my head, in same, but but wait. So Lamar's in the same category as Patrick Mahomes. No, I have Patrick He's in the Mahomes same in the category Egypt. as Justin Herbert. Yes. Okay. See, I wouldn't put that there, but I just don't know how you can put him in the category with the best. I well, so in because my head, I he- there's because when he's healthy and his complement of receivers and the talent around him, look at that hor- the injuries, the run game. They he's had so much less to work with than even Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow and all these guys. And yet still he was able to lead that team to offensively prolific seasons. I know it was kind of a gimmicky offense, but what he does with his legs in accordance with an adequate passing game from him, he's nowhere near how Burrow or Herbert or Allen or even Kirk cousins can throw the ball, but the guy is a special generational talent, Andy. And I, I think just to not call his overall ability, to help score the football, however he does it, blue chip worthy or blue chip adjacent, is crazy. And so I think you have, you have to be more specific in your brackets, right? I think it's, I mean, because Tom Brady's all alone. He's the greatest to ever play. He's still Tom Brady. So he's kind of separate from the pack. But see, I don't put him think... all alone right now. I put him all alone historically. In okay, terms if of you... contemporaries, I don't put him all alone. I think if he's you're ta- the top. It, Okay, if you're talking that's, right now, that's a fair I, I think assessment. I, I still think it is a quad, like a quad pack of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, or at least should be Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and then okay. it's the next group, which are blue chip franchise quarterbacks, and Lamar is in that group. Oh, I agree hundred percent with that. Okay, I have three groups. Fitzy wants Mac Jones in the second group. I do. No, 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 no. He Mac Jones is not a blue chip. Franchise guarantee. No, no, no. He, no, there's blue chips. No, they're, they're very chips. Different. Number one. Blue chips are number one. 
Then there's very, very, very good court. Then there's very good quarterbacks. And then there's everybody else. That's how I look at the quarterbacks in the NFL. I look at them as. So you have blue Dak chip. and Mac in the same category. No, I think Dak is a blue chip quarterback. Oh, I don't. What are you, nuts? I do. Yeah, I, I don't have him with Josh nice. Allen. I look at those two guys or Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes. I think they're in a category all themselves. Oh, man. I you must have the missed truly a lot elite, of Then there's the wannabe elite. Well, all right. Well, agree to disagree. Andy, the, there's a reason why opinions are like taxes, neighbors, and blank holes. We've all got them, and God bless you for yours. We celebrate all the diversity of opinions here on the Six Rings pod. Uh, real I thought quick. it was like nipples, and they can all be sucked. See, now, what? I, I, you I just, just ruined like, I, I just literally, literally just it. like I, I could hear people in their car saying Crashing. like, why? Why did he say that? I Like people actually were on a run like, oh, man, I'm enjoying this barroom banter and like the the laughably, lovably, disagreeable banter from these guys. Oh, Andy ruined it. Somebody just sometimes stopped, Andy, fell down a storm drain, tripped, you rolled an ankle. Ah. Sometimes Andy is like your hard-headed friend that like is very involved in the conversation and very Sometimes. stubborn in his opinions. And then other times, like that moment, he is the friend that hasn't said anything for a very long time and then said something that completely derails any form of conversation that's going on. See, I think Andy it's is like the a guy combination who, no, of the two. Andy is the guy who literally walks over to the snack table at the party and just sneezes in the French onion dip. <laughs> never. Never. The only reason I would do that is intentionally if I wanted it all to myself. I've been known well, pretty that. much what you just did there. That was awful. Oh, nipple this. All right. All right, folks. Uh, play, thanks again for sticking with us through and through Nipplegate and through all the French onion dip talk and everything else Andy did. Uh, that'll be today's poll question. Should we uh, not allow Andy to ever use the word nipple again in the podcast? Uh, make sure you follow at Six Rings Pod and weigh in with your opinion on that. And let us know, do you think Mac Jones is worthy of the 18th best quarterback in the NFL. Should he be a little higher? Should he be a little lower? I think the one thing we can all agree, like Andy said at the top, oh, the seg, we definitely are going to need Mac Jones to be and play a lot better and rank up a lot higher if the Pats are going to go anywhere near the playoffs this season. Moving on, as the kids like to say. In our next segment here, uh, gentlemen, I would like to ask you if you believe the New England Patriots traditionally uh, – more of a, how would you phrase it, Andrew? A between-the-tackles style uh, gap power running team? Give me the hard-o phrasing for that. Well, I, I think they've done both over the years. I think they've all, much like everything else they do, they desire to be multiple. Mm -hmm. But yes, I do think they're more of a power gap-based team Okay. Than a get out on the the move zone based type team, but they have done that. Like they have, they've, they've used it at times. They've they've gone to the stretch, not maybe not as yep. much as uh you know your Denver's, your Indies, and the other Colts. teams. Remember the old Colts with the Peyton oh, Manning edger like games. He's barely, he's barely gonna get there. He's like, oh my god, I gotta get the ball out there, and he's gonna fall down on his face before he gets we're, there. We're we're had some protection problems out there today. So uh. There's been a little, uh, I, I, I don't know what you call it, like maybe buzz. I'm not sure if it's a, I would hardly say it's a dull roar. There's been some din, a little chatter, that maybe the New England Patriots could be switching to a bit more of uh, a zone run game, which would be interesting because obviously that suits, as many have said, the talents of Cole Strange, uh, big, fast, young guards. Maybe this could be as to why they moved on from Shaq Mason, flipping Trent Brown over the left side. Seemingly happy with Justin Huron. I know our pal Evan Lazar over at CLNS, uh, who does a great job, has intimated as much as well. Shime, this is right in your wheelhouse. I feel like 
I need things like this, getting Mac Jones, getting the run game out in space, changing things up a bit. I'm going to need this. I'm going to have to chum the water with the Pats going to a different style, a Shanahan adjacent run game to get you to buy in on the idea that they might be more watchable, a little more dangerous and difficult to defend the season. So group think, do we think the Patriots may be changing their scheme and philosophy in the run game this season? Uh, I'm going to say, I don't think they are, but I hope they do. Uh, I, because I, I think it would be a welcome change. I, I think I think that style of run is clearly uh, the in right now. Like mm-hmm. right, it's it's the fad of the times when it comes to running the football. Because uh, outside of Derrick Henry, there isn't a lot of great just downhill runners. I think a lot of it is that outside zone. You've seen it evolve so much now from uh, you know the Gary Kubiak days to now you have in the Mike Shanahan days even before that to uh, now o- it's Olandis com- Gary is smiling somewhere, Shime. I mean, because and now it's Kyle Shanahan, even McVay does it a lot. The LaFleur offense, uh, they're trying to do it in New York. Like it's it's a bunch. It's in a it's in so many different places now and it's evolved in so many different ways. Uh, I think what the Patriots hopefully can kind of go for is a Cincinnati Bengals style run game. Okay, it's the Zach Taylor adopted Sean McVay zone run, but not really a zone run because Joe Mixon isn't necessarily a zone runner. Um, I I just don't know how Damian and Ramondre would necessarily fit in a zone run, which is why I think it would look more like the Cincinnati run game than, say, a Kyle Shanahan or Gary Kubiak-style run game. Um, but I, I think it could be a welcome change, right? It's something new, it's different, um, and it's something other teams won't have seen Basically at all out of Bill Belichick, and I think that could very much be to their advantage having a two-headed monster at running back like they do. And with Bill Belichick potentially being more heavily involved in the offensive scheme, the play calling, et cetera, this year, that could make sense. Andy, um, let's play a little game here. Hi, I am a football fan, but I don't know very much about the terminology of power gap running team versus outside zone run team, et cetera. But I know I like the fact that the Patriots uh, have a good running game And I like when Damian Harris takes the ball and goes up the middle and gets 64 yards against Buffalo for a touchdown. Uh, Could you explain to me, the random football fan or the listener to the Six Rings pod, sort of what the subtle differences are between the schemes? Well, essentially, in a gap-based power running scheme, you, you have a landmark, you have a hole. You know, old school, you run a high school, they tell you a hole number, you hit the damn hole, go where you're supposed to, use the old spacer, there's a landmark, all of that. And the linemen are creating that hole, however they block it. You know, guys blocking down, guy pulling, this and that. That's kind of the basis of that run game. Whereas zone is more, I have athletic linemen. I have athletic backs with really good vision. We are going to all just basically step in the same direction, run in the same direction. We're all going to block whoever crosses our face. And I'm going to trust my running back to pick a hole, even cut it backside if he wants. I know a lot of the old Denver runs, you'd cut the backside lineman, the, like yep. the step guard, the tackle. Are You're running so far away from him that it doesn't right. matter. You're chopping down the backside lineman. So it, it kind of takes more athletic linemen. It kind of takes more athletic running back, or at least with better vision and confidence, one cut kind of running backs. Um, so those would be the general differences. Now it's morphed over the years. There's very much so sort of like hybrid blend. I did want to say, first of all, we've heard all the coaches, not just offense, Belichick, Robert Kraft even said like 
they are looking into things this offseason. You know, I think Steve Belichick said, we'll try some things. If they look like they're going to work, we'll try them some more. If they look like they're not going to work, well, we'll take that club out of the bag and we'll put a different club in that spot. And I would also, I've learned over the years that you watch something even in mini camp, maybe even early in training camp, and you see it on like three days in a row. And you're like, oh, wow, they're doing this. They're going to this. And then you never see it once the regular season starts. Like sometimes they, I can remember one year, Ninkovich, they put him at basically inside linebacker. It was like, oh, he's Vrabel. They're moving him from the outside to the inside. He's going to be the off the ball inside linebacker. And then he never really did it a whole hell of a lot during the year. And I think sometimes they just lay the foundation in case they need to or test things out and then realize, nope, it doesn't really look all that good. It doesn't suit our talents or whatever. So with this, I know there were a lot of people saying, ooh, they're going to more of a play-action game. Our buddy Brian Barrett was all excited. They're going to increase their play-action reps. More RPO. That's a very sexy thing to say. More RPO. Mac runs the RPO guy. Or maybe they just, you know, we're going to work on that in the first day of practice because we're not going to pound the ball because we have no pads on. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pretend we're running the ball to get our linemen a look, and then we're going to pull it out and throw it to make sure our everybody's involved kind of thing. So I wouldn't read too much into early OTA reps, reports, schemes, things that they're doing. And, and I think that's kind of why I said I hope they do it, but I'm not necessarily convinced they're going to. Yeah, yeah. to me, it's more of a let's see if we can sharpen that arrow enough and put it in the quiver, if you will. Like, hey, is this going to be something we can add to the arsenal? Not a giant or a uh, a planetary phase shift, if you will, or revolution as far as the offense. But I also want to emphasize, too, I think people are like, oh, McDaniels is gone. McDaniels led the offense forever. Now it's the chance to change it. No, no. Belichick led the offense forever. Belichick was the architect of this version of the offense with Charlie Weiss and then the Mm -hmm. evolution over the years. So it's not like they're free to change it because Josh is gone. No, no. Whatever Josh was doing was at the direction or at least with the stamp of approval from Bill Belichick. So I I don't see this dramatic shift coming. But Bill has shifted defensively. Like, they still do a lot of two-gapping, but the two-gapping they do now does not look like 2002 two-gapping, 2003 two-gapping, where it was an old-school MFing 3-4. We got a big-ass nose tackle. We got some big-ass Richard Seymour-likes defensive tackles, and then four line. Like, they've clearly evolved defensively, but some of the principles are the same, and I think offensively they're probably in a similar transition. Okay, so if Bill Belichick is willing to transition, if Bill Belichick is willing to evolve, if Bill Belichick is willing to make changes to his defensive scheme, his defensive philosophies, obviously the offensive playbook, which now at this point is kind of an old hand-me-down recipe that has been cooked by uh, various mothers, grandmothers, sisters, and brothers, and like the recipe is kind of still the same, but people have made tweaks according to their tastes and palates along the way. If Belichick is much more about being willing to change and do, quote, what's in the best interest of the football team. Then let me ask you, why the sudden, I think it's more than just like, what are you doing over there with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and the non-traditional play calling titles? Why is everyone nationally piling on him? Because this week we had a report, we had a theory floated from Mike Florio about, um, I guess you could say, Andy, uh, needing to move on from people but not doing it. Therefore, no one's going to get fired because he's protecting assets and people organizationally. And then you had Colin Cowherd uh, saying on his radio program with his giant desk, his giant paycheck, and his giant microphone, um, quote, the Patriots are somewhere in the middle. I don't get it. 
but I kind of do, and I don't want any part of it. You become a 1979 NFL team, basically going on to say the Patriots don't have a good wide receiver room. All they can do is score on long drives. They can score one way. They're not going to win shootouts, and they already can't get Josh Allen off the field. Um, I don't get it. Basically, that was the gist of what he said, is he doesn't understand what the Patriots are doing. So is this just easy? Is it easy to pile on Belichick's season right now, or are these valid criticisms? Well, I think it's easy to pile on Belichick because the Patriots, at best, are a middle-of-the-road team. They barely made the playoffs and then got proven nothing like contenders, right? Kicked in the cojones and sent packing uh, like some of the others, like the Steelers and like there were other teams. It's okay. It wasn't just them, but there was a clear delineation. Talk about categories. There were blue chip AFC teams, and then there were playoff teams that were not near the blue chip. So I think that's one part of it. And then the other is just simple to me. Any NFL team, any NFL team that decides to make its former defensive coordinator, its O-line coach, and its former special teams coach, its quarterbacks coach, would be in the crosshairs of everybody, more so than Belichick. So it is not – I don't think it's piling on Belichick. I actually think he gets the benefit of the doubt that 31 other teams would not get because he's Bill Belichick, because the dynasty, because the rings, the goat, the cachet. So just the simple factors, just the simple facts of the case, Your Honor, are worthy of mocking, I think. Yeah, part of what Kaepernick said – or not Kaepernick, Cowherd said is right. It's – I don't understand what's going on, and I think that is cre- that confusion, that non inability to understand what the hell Belichick is thinking or planning, is also part of what has drawn the ire of people like me. To be to be completely on blunt, it's just like I don't I don't get it, and it makes no sense. Therefore, to me, it it doesn't look smart. And so, and I, there's a good chance that I'm very wrong and there's a small chance that I'm right. But like at the same time, the inability to understand what the hell is going on in the decision-making is creating a lot of chaos. Okay. So, uh, obviously Belichick is the human, if not at least gridiron definition of he wants all that smoke because he absolutely brings it on himself by being, as his son has said, as everyone has said, like, Bill makes all the decisions. Bill runs the show. Everything runs through Bill. So being, like, kind of a football oligarch or, like, the emperor, if you will, in Foxborough means that, you know, all the praise goes to Belichick, but all the ridicule or all the questioning and doubt at times, even for someone of his accomplishment, is going to come his way. Andy, can you remember any other times from Belichick taking over as HC of the NEP to date where we have doubted him or wondered what the hell he's doing, like people are now. Um, I mean, there's been the the smaller scale personnel decisions, who he's letting go, who he's keeping, you know, trading this guy, those types of decisions. I mean, for example, the Jamie Collins trade. Players internally were questioning it. Basically, I can remember McCordy, it was something to the effect of, I don't know how you get better by trading your best all-around defensive player. I think was the phrase like so even guys of that stature decade long leaders question him. Robert Kraft talks about it. You know, sometimes in the spring, whatever the plan is, coaching changes, player changes, you question him. And then by December, you really kind of stop questioning him because you've either it makes obvious sense or he fixed it and adjusted on the fly. Whatever it is, he figures it out, you know, fourth and two. I don't know. There was a Super Bowl where I feel like he didn't play somebody who some people thought he should have played and maybe it would have changed the outcome. But in the in the bigger picture, 
I do think the post Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, it, it's a different uh, feel to the criticism. I think it's emboldened by those that believe you're now being proven. Brady was the reason. Brady was the success. A patriot way. Yep, exactly. So that's kind of, I think, altered the critical dynamic when it comes to Bill Belichick. He took a step forward last year from the draft straight through making the playoffs. He took a step forward. But now I think people are wondering, is he still moving forward or is he spinning his wheels after last year? And, and that's why, Shime, uh, real quick, I just want to say, yeah. like, I, I want to reiterate again, like, I know that operative phrase I use from draft to date uh, with everything Belichick's done this offseason has been obtusely Belichickian. And I'm going to pivot more now towards this is a, I think I can sort of say it this way, this is a nuts-on-the-table season for Belichick. Yeah, like, so I don't think it's quite. I really do. I really do. Like, I mean, he is doing everything like this is a we're doing it my way type of season. And for whatever reason, financial constraints, unavailability of other coaches and coordinators, uh, the nepotism that, you know, belies, if you will, a lot of the coaching, like his choices, his guys. This is a nuts on the table season for Belichick in so many ways. Like if they if they go shine, if they go five and twelve. Robert Kraft isn't going to just say like, oh, it's all part of the process. Like, See, he's going to be. I disagree. I don't think this year is the nuts on the table year. Andy and I have said this, I think, a few times. I think it's 2023. It, I think but that's when they're going to all... be better. That's when no, they should see, be better. So this, I think everything is ramping up to 2023. I think that if you have a bad year this year, it's going to amplify that media chaos next offseason a little bit more. But. 2023 is the ultimate decider year. If you are not a legitimate contender in 2023, Belichick might as well just hang him up. Like it, it's it's about time to move on at that point because that's that'll be the nut cutting year. You're in the at that point third year of Mac Jones. If you cannot maximize Mac Jones in his third year on a rookie contract, then there's kind of just you're kind of done. It, it kind of the book has been written and it is what it is. And I think another reason that this year, the ire towards Belichick and the decision-making is amplified a little bit is because you haven't won a playoff game in, what, four years? And to that effect, last year, yeah, you made the playoffs. That's nice, but you got freaking throttled in that game. Oh, you're being kind. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that, especially for someone like myself, that has kind of amplified that negativity and negative energy towards Belichick. Last question, Andy, before we wrap this segment, if there is a massive regression team-wide, organization-wide in 2022, you think Robert Kraft and company uh, are fine with it because 2023 is the nut-cutting season? No. I don't think they'll ever be fine with struggles, with empty seats, with booze, with... And we've talked about this, you know, in various forms of this podcast and other shows. They... We're fortunate that the Cam Newton season was a pandemic. They did not have to visually see or hear fans at Gillette Stadium letting them know their team sucked and and how they felt about what was going on with Cam Newton and company. Last year, new quarterback, young quarterback, feel-good season, spent some money. Ooh, we made the playoffs. But if there is a step back, and assuming there's no, you know, 17th wave of COVID and we have full stadiums next year or in the middle, you know, if, if they feel and see it, they'll feel it. And, and Jonathan, we know, is an emotional uh, force in that organization. So 
yeah, I, I'm not saying, by the way, I want to make sure we, like they're not firing Bill Belichick or anything like that. Hmm? Fitzy, what's that face? What's I'm that just face? I, like, I mean, four, four and four. If like, God for God forbid, five and 12, four and 13, six and 11. I don't know. I, I could see heads rolling. I could see I could see some real <laughs> rattling. More than yeah, just saber rattling. Have, I could see some more than just fist pounding. Let's, let's put a pin in that and revisit okay. that in a future podcast. I, let's put that on our to-do list. Could okay. Belichick ever, in any form or fashion, be on the hot seat or be moved on from after this season? But I would say, short answer, no. So let's move on. Could Bill Belichick hear the last words uh, in RoboCop? True lies or of a former president? You're fired. You're fired. I don't think so, but at the same time, we shall see. We'll TBD that one for show. One thing for show we know we love is when you guys rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about the Six Rings Pod, of course, on the Sweet Tweet Machine at Six Rings Pod. Of course, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, WEI.com, the Odyssey app, and more. All right, guys, moving on. Wrapping things up with everybody's favorite segment. Here it is. Good times for you. Good times for me. Hey, guess what, Andy? It's Pat's Potpourri. Just wrote that Ooh. on the fly. How about well huh? done. a ditty? Oh, golf ditty. Clap. Golf clap I get a golf clap theme song. That's what, what? What? What's your problem now? Hmm? New segment. All right, what's, to the potpourri. New segment. Let's what's go. your problem, Andy? Okay, well, you we're said, wrapping that one up right now. You said Pat's Potpourri. I think I would have dropped the po and just did Pat's Potpourri. Like, blended it together. Like, uh, the old newspaper the guy critic. and me, Shime. You said something about with Mac and maximization. There, there's a headline. Max, oh, Max- maximize. Okay. Like if somebody does. If somebody doesn't use that in the next couple of weeks, oh, then uh, I'm putting it on. A, uh, you know, I'm putting it on a T-shirt. Shime, you can have one for free. Andy, maybe Thank a Miller Lite. Well, you've All already right, sold T-shirts for me before oh. over here of Mac to the future. Funny, I brought that up. You mocked it, and then you made it. You bastard. You. Wait, did you say T-shirts? That's probably what you wear. <laughs> That's a giant. All right, here we go. Let's move. Uh, Our first topic before we get to the viewer mail, uh, Colin Kaepernick may be matriculating his way back into the National Football League. Looks like uh, somebody finally got a tryout with a professional team. Uh, The Raiders uh, are giving or have given him a workout, a tryout. Uh, Andy, why so long? And do you think this speaks to Josh Ziegler? and company liking his talents or having had an eye on him, but being prohibited from bringing the Kaepernick circus to town. I am absolutely fascinated by the Patriots tie into this. Mm-hmm. The fact that as you They're mentioned, tied Dave, to every story in the NFL, we know that, but no, this is directly tied. Dave Ziegler, former Patriots director, of player personnel, Josh McDaniels, former quarterbacks, coach and offensive coordinator. Some people called him the head coach of the offense. He is the most trusted Belichick assistant assistant since Nick Saban. Like, he had cachet. They needed a quarterback two years ago really badly. They signed Cam Newton. It went really badly. Jarrett Stidham was part of that competition. Oh, where's Jarrett Stidham now? Oh, my God. He's on the Raiders' depth chart because Josh McDaniels traded for him. So how come Colin Kaepernick never worked out for the Patriots in the post-Tom Brady era when they needed a quarterback and Jarrett Stidham was part of the depth chart conversation? And I I don't want him to say— It's a simple answer. I'm, what? It's a simple answer is Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler had basically no control over who was coming in and leaving the building. It, as as we've all pre- surmised over the years, it's Belichick's decisions. 
And oh, we know as that. Much as, but did well, he yeah, but as, not want him? Or was my, it a crap uh, clearly. decision? Well, uh, no, no, no. Or, or did he not uh, want his So you're saying it could have come from the circus. The circus. I guess that's fair. So that's an angle I didn't think of it. It could have also been a craft thing. I mean, that's the biggest angle. It's. I mean, anyone who watched the I Am Athlete podcast last week when – when they Brandon Marshall asks him, like, I'm going to pretend I'm the GM and say, you know, this is a $6 billion industry. Why should I bring you into my team? Like, and Kaepernick, give him credit. He was like, well, Nike gained $6 billion when they aligned with me. So, but that's a consideration. This is an ownership level consideration. And Mark Davis has been on the record, I guess, saying since 2018, he's told his, his team, if the coach and the GM wants it, I support it. Go after it. They have well, it. yeah, because Mark Davis is very uh, much so the nerd that wants to just sit at the table with the coaches and the GMs because those are the cool kids. Thanks right? for having did me it. in, guys. He did that with John Gruden. He just wanted to be involved. He just wanted to be in the room with John. Yep. He's like, yeah, John, we're buddies. We got this. Whatever you say goes. And, and I think do it's you the like same that hands-off ownership, Shime? Do you like a like? Do you prefer a hands-off owner, or do you so want like? I I think it's. I think it's good in that it gives the coach and GM autonomy, but at the same time, the coach and GM may not necessarily be making the best decisions. So you can be hands off, but you also have to be strict with who your employees are. So let me ask you a simple question that we're, we're dancing around. Simple minds for simple questions. Okay. Would Colin Kaepernick have been a better quarterback for the 2020 Patriots than Cam Newton? Yes. Talent wise. I think he would have been a little bit better. I hate to be Glenn Ordway. I, I don't know that. I haven't seen the guy play. T- to be fair, I I didn't even get to see his workout, Andy. I, I have no idea what this guy has in, in in the in the bucket. If he plays a preseason game and I can watch him, I can give you a definitive answer. But you can't. But I that. haven't seen like, him play. So that, but like, just this so is a hypothetical. No, just based on he had been out of the league for three years. Yes. Rust, whatever. Because they're yes. both athletic quarterbacks who Agreed. lost a Super Bowl. Cam at his best was better. Won an MVP. But, you know, Colin Kaepernick has, like, playoff rushing records. And, like, he's in that hierarchy of dual threat, you know, quarterbacks. Wait, was was Cam Newton – okay, but, like, Cam Newton's prime in 2015, would you say that it was that much better than prime Kaepernick? Yes. Um, That much or just, like, a little bit? 2015 Cam Newton was, was like – But it was different. He was unbelievable. It was different. Very different. They were two completely different players. It was my dream. It was a fullback playing the quarterback position. Like, watching him run over guys was – the highlight of my it life. Was, it, it was, was a tight. It was, it was a tight end playing the quarterback. No, position. so it was what it was. It was Josh Allen just without the laser rocket arm. Right, not as good a passer. Not oh, as yeah. he had a he yeah. had a laser rocket arm. It's after mm. t- after he got hit by T.J. Watt, his shoulder has never been the same. He had a strong arm. He just unlike Josh Allen was never able to harness it and make the ball Bingo. go where he wanted. Oh, yes, exactly. He had a, a he wild had, steed. He had a Death Star laser. He just couldn't focus it per so, se. Are we but Kaep- Kaepernick, though, oh, man, I'll tell you, it's Ka- Colin Kaepernick in that Super Bowl year when they ran for 200 yards against Green Bay in the playoffs, I think it was 2012. Like, 2012 Kaepernick or 2013 Kaepernick was a different kind of awesome. He's a really good player. I always thought he was overrated. I didn't think you could win with him. You know, if we're talking about tierings of quarterbacks, I probably would have had him in that third tier, that Mac Jones tier or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I think it's interesting that it's Josh McDaniels that's working him out. And Josh McDaniels needed a quarterback a couple of years ago. Josh McDaniels with Bill Belichick, as Shine points out, settled for Cam Newton. It didn't work out. It was mm-hmm. ugly. I just wonder what the discussions were 
who said no, who, you know, to steal Mike Mayock's phrase, did anybody pound the table for Colin Kaepernick? We should be doing this. I just want it on the record that I'm for this. I, I just think those we'll never know what those discussions were in Foxborough. But I, I wish I did. I think that's interesting the way this is. And did out. they avoid signing him because of the talent? The sir, I, I think the Kraft family would have brought him in for the optics, or as opposed to uh, being afraid of what would have come with it. I think probably Bill Belichick nixed it. But we may never know. Chuck, that went up to the great mysteries and beyond of Foxborough, Mass. Uh, Shine, we'll get some viewer mail. We sure do, guys. Uh, right off the bat from Twitter, Pat's fan Ben. Hey Ben is asking. Is Mac Jones a legit dark horse candidate for league MVP? Nope. Ah, follow it. What? I couldn't even set up the fact that Peter Schrager picked him as his dark horse MVP candidate last week on Good Morning Football. Didn't we just talk about this two days yeah. or the other day? We did. Yeah. That's why he's asking, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. Legitimate. Okay. Is it legitimate? legitimate? Yeah. Okay. All right. No. no. I re I queued it just in case Fitzy, somebody happened didn't... to miss the previous episode. Guys, you didn't answer. I... You didn't uh, answer. Uh, we both said consensusly no. Are you a yes or no? Well, I just wanted to know if I ever told you guys my story about when I was talking to David Andrews. At I the, love when uh, he's shaking and he doesn't <laughs> want to go on the record with something negative. Do I think he is a legitimate dark horse MVP candidate? Yes, I do. Read my lips. Legitimate dark your horse fan, candidate. Andy. That's what you you've know been how, looking for. You know how he's a candidate? If Remember how they used to have, was it called like the QB club that was like, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, like they were there. Oh, they made yeah. their own little weird association and they would sign like group deals like the QB club would endorse something. The That's only weird. way Mac Jones is an MVP candidate, if the modern QB club goes on a three hour tour and they get shipwrecked and all the really good quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are mm -hmm. lost on a desert aisle somewhere, nowhere to be found. And Mac's like, hey. I'm still 18th, but luckily the first 17 are missing right now. I'm the MVP. Andy, it's a dark horse candidacy. I didn't say legitimate, true, straight up, bet on him now, top 10 MVP candidate. We're talking about a dark horse there, he's fella. He's not in the race. If he's a dark horse, he has to at least make it to the starting gate. He's not in the starting gate. He had a hissy fit. He dumped his jockey, and he's running the wrong way towards the woods. Hey, 20 different horses end up. Uh, in the starting gates, usually at the Kentucky Derby, only one win. Sometimes yeah. it's a shocker like it was this year. Sometimes it's box to wire, true to form. The favorite comes through. All I'm saying is that I think he belongs in the starting gates at the Kentucky Derby of MVP candidates. That's my opinion. There's your super fan. I apologize for nothing. Moving on. More viewer mail. Some horses yes. get shot, too, after the race. Uh, and some and, that was uh, way too morbid again, again grinding gee, honestly seriously like, when you have to think about and it for a horses second, have what you it. are a giant ass that's that's true true uh next one for you brian in nevada hey, says brian. just uh, read Brian's jumbo's back. just read jumbo's article about mm. mac having to teach judge the patriots offense Ugh. and it falls right into what i wrote to you yesterday see thread below if you've ever taught a class in anything you know that there's no better way to learn something backwards and forwards than to have it to have to teach it to other people. Mm -hmm. Mac having to teach Judge the offense is going to set him up perfectly for when <laughs> Billy O gets back on board next year with Matt yeah, and Billy O completely on the same page. Also, the Mac giving O'Brien updates on the Pats offense since he left and O'Brien giving Mac updates on the Alabama offense since Mac left, merging the best of those two systems in the future of the Patriots offense. Only the most super-duper fan, like McKenna from Canada, thinks the Pats have a snowball's chance of winning this year. They're clearly looking forward to next year, and this OC controversy, quote-unquote, is 100% proof of that. Cheers, Brian in Nevada. Wait, why wow. do we need Billy O? 
If Next Max season, is so we'll, good that he's now an expert because he's teaching his coach and he's proven his expert status, that proves he really knows the offense. Why don't? Why do we need Billy O? Well, we may not. Maybe he's just got a bit of a uh, retainer, like a uh, retainer, a consultancy, if you will. You know, like you know, didn't everyone? Uh, wasn't that that conspiracy theory floated out there that Tom Brady was like gifted the TB12 and uh, parts of Patriot Place while he was being shorted his contract all those years like mm. you never know maybe billy owes uh certain considerations for like okay you guys get 10 phone calls between now and the college football playoffs if mac needs to use them at any time you can always call me up we can work on some things i can't officially i'll uh, i have a burner maybe belichick or you know maybe burge got a burner for billy o'brien so that he could take those calls you never know phone a friend we're on the millionaire now mm -hmm. who would you like to phone i'd like to phone my friend billy in alabama <laughs> Speaking of which, if you guys could have random question here, uh, hi, uh, Fitzy the super fan, love the show, guys, big fan, enjoy being a part of it as well. If Can you, you guys could, listen, if you got no, I don't, especially when you host. So uh, if you if if you guys could get a cameo, you know the website cameo, the celebrity little birthday yes. wishes and stuff. Um, I recently got the maitre D from Ferris Bueller's Day Off to wish my friend Kevin happy birthday. Uh, the snooty, snotty guy. It was the best, worst $50 I ever spent in my life. If you could have anyone on the Patriots send you a cameo, who would it be? Um, anyone on the Patriots? Kendrick Bourne? I like See, his I, personality. He's bubbly. Right. I feel it. like his would be, like, fun, bouncy. Yeah, he, does I mean. he does good IG stories. He's got personality. Shime, you're you're shaking your head. No, 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 no. It's it's the big boys. It's the offensive line. It's Trent As Brown or David Andrews. Either one of them. But they're a little and, more demure. If like, Trent Brown, if Trent Brown sent me a video of a windmill dunk followed by a point and a happy birthday, I'd lose my mind. No uh, one no, wants Belichick doing it. Do you have any idea how no. awkward that would be? I don't want. I don't want a Belichick happy birthday. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> you literally, if if he was willing to wish you happy birthday. If I could arrange for that, you wouldn't even want it, Chime? Uh, no. Wow. I'm good. <laughs> what no, it's not that I'm a hater. hater. It's just I it's just I don't I don't know how I'd respond to that. Like I it's like, oh thanks, Bill. Because he's gonna say it in that monotone. Happy birthday, Chris. Well, would you, like, would there be um cost considerations? Like Bill would probably uh, no. be the most expensive. Right. I, I didn't I we're not worried about the cost right okay. now. We're just Well, like assume assume that he would be, you know, on with the Greg Hill show and at some point I would ask him a question right. and it would just so happen to be my birthday. If he was to say happy birthday to me, I'd be like, Oh, thanks, Bill. I really appreciate it. But I would also have no idea how else to respond. Yeah, we're on to we're on to thirty two. Yeah, we're moving yeah. on. Yeah. I'd stick with Bourne. Some of the fun guys. Although I do like your Trent Brown idea. If he did like a right. windmill dunk and then like a cool face right. afterwards and just like winked at you and said, happy yeah. birthday. And then flex awesome. a nude woman on his arm and his belly or whatever. like, that And then tears good. his calf and is out for the season. Oh. Pers I, for me, it's Nick Folk. It's the MVP of the league. I want big kick Nick. <laughs> of course you do. Of course I do. Of course, you know my love for Nick Folk knows no bounds. You guys just share the same first name. And, uh, and, and also so much more. When you're talking about big things and thus this meeting of the Nick Folk fan club, the big kick Nick society is adjourned. Once again, shine time. Good job. You can follow him at shine time. Andy tremendous work. What a pain in everyone's ass. Once again, you can follow him at jumbo heart. He's nodding in a very satisfied capacity. And of course I'm your old pal Fitzy at Fitzy GFY. Follow us at six rings pod, download, share, review, subscribe, tell your friends and so much more. Enjoy your Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Thank you to everyone who served and made the weekend possible. 
Uh, we appreciate you guys as well. And we'll be back after that once we're basically, even though it'll still technically be May, I get no, the next pod comes out on uh, Wednesday, June 1st. So happy rest of your May. We will talk to you once it's unofficially summer. Uh, and until then, go Celtics, go Sox, go Pats, go blank yourself and have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to Six Rings at Football Things. Bye. Bye. No.